York Giants fans, and welcome to episode 65 of the G-Man Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ben Beccarelli, and I'm joined once more by Dylan Waxman. What's up, guys? Uh, we are here to do the 2013 NFL redraft. Yeah, so this is a pretty bad draft, to be completely honest. Yeah, uh, I think the the overall, like, from the amount of players that are Pro Bowl level, it, it's about maybe a near equal to other draft classes we've done so far. But but at the top, it's just not as talented as others. Yeah, um, today's episode is brought to you once again by Chris J. Beccarelli. If you're a small business and you're looking for an accountant help with your tax needs, call Chris J. Beccarelli, CPA. Chris J. Beccarelli, we don't forget about the little guys. Big thanks to him for sponsoring this episode, and um, I think we will get right into it here. Yeah, uh, so with the first pick, the Chiefs, who were coming off a uh, an atrocious 2-14 and season, uh, they ended up selecting Eric Fisher, who really is not terrible, and then turning it around and going to the playoff next season. Now, as I have potentially, or mm, I guess somewhat I have expressed in the past, is that I think if you have an option that is the same position, even if there's somebody slightly better on the board, you're going for that same position, especially if it ended up working out well. And it did because the Chiefs saw a lot more success. Uh, who do you have the Chiefs selecting? Yeah, I have the Chiefs going with uh, DeAndre Hopkins here, longtime Texan until the somewhat infamous trade um, this offseason here. I think I – think I get what you're saying is tr- in terms of um, offensive linemen um, to offensive linemen, but, um, but I think – D-Hop is probably the best receiver in our game, and he was just too good for me to pass up here. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, The main reason, I I think, maybe not in general with an offensive lineman, uh, but I feel like when you have what I think, I think it's arguable, is the best left tackle in football, I I think it's not exactly intelligent to pass up on him. Uh, The Chiefs select David Bakhtiari. I definitely butchered that name. You know the names are not our specialty Yeah. this spot. Yeah. All right, we will move right along here to two to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where I have them taking running back Le'Veon Bell. Um, he's a guy who was atop the running back conversation for a long period of time, nearly the whole decade, and somewhat fell off with the Jets, had somewhat um, or did have a falling out drama. Uh, with the Steelers, with the whole contract holdout stuff. So that was that. Um, but we'll see what he does in New York this year with the Jets. Didn't have an incredibly successful season last year, but he's still one of the better running backs in football. Yeah. Uh, now, at least the rumor is that uh, the average uh, season or the average career for an NFL player is four years. Now, Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in football for at least fringe, best running back in football, for four years. So I think those four years are good enough to have him potentially go number two. Now, once again, I, the Jags had MJD um, and Murray Stones Drew. I know, I know his career was ending at least somewhat, or ended up ending somewhat soon. So I think you are looking for another lineman. They took a lineman in Luke Jockel in real life. I think they go with a solid option here in Lane Johnson. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't have um, Johnson going until a little bit later on, still within the top 10, though. Um, we'll move right along to 3 to Miami. Who do you have them taking? So I, I think I was pushing through the first two picks through teams selecting the same position. Now, the Dolphins 
selected edge rusher in Deion Jordan. Uh, he was not successful in the NFL, and neither were pretty much any other edge rushers in this draft. So you weren't going to go that way. So I, I say they go a solid option. You had him going one in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I have the Dolphins taking another guy who um, was a fringe best tight end in the league. Probably it was Gronk for a good amount of time, but in my opinion, he is now in Travis Kelsey. Yeah, uh, Travis Kelsey really we saw in this uh, playoff run, but over the past few years anyway. Uh, he is the best tight end in football. Uh, I think even when Gronk was playing, especially at the tail end of his right. nine-year tenure, or yeah, nine-year tenure with the Pats, um, that he could be better than Gronk at times, especially because Gronk was battling through injuries. So I think that makes sense. I have the Eagles selecting Kelsey with the next pick. Uh, they took their tight end of the future uh, in Zach Ertz in this draft, but I think at least as of now, and you could argue over a while of time, uh, that Kelsey has been better than Ertz. Yeah, for sure. Um, but nonetheless, I have the Eagles at four selecting Ertz um, as we move right along. As you said, they got him in the real draft. Um, I, I think if you see an opportunity to pair someone with um, with where they went. Um, he obviously didn't go in the first round at four. He went there with their second round pick, 35 overall. Um, so Zach Ertz is the pick here. Yeah, I think it's possible that Eagles go with Lane Johnson here uh, because he has been one of their best offensive linemen since they drafted him. But I think Ertz works too because if you don't take Ertz here, then you never get Ertz. Most likely. I'll move on here to the fifth pick, where I think the Lions go with a guy who, like we talked about earlier, has been very solid for a few years in the NFL. He's kind of fell off as of lately, but I would still take him for at least the four years where he was a top running back in football in Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I would say I had Bell going too, so I think that is a snag here at five um, to the Lions. Now, here at five, I have the Lions going with... David Bakari, um, tackle out of Colorado. Yeah, uh, I bet both of us managed to say this name wrong, but it is what it is. So, yeah, I think that is a snag in my opinion, considering I had him going one. Uh, we'll move on to the sixth pick where the Browns uh, select or select a cornerback. I, I was thinking cornerback or somebody in the secondary, so if you're going in terms of secondary, maybe look at Tyron Matthew. I decided just to stick with cornerback where they select Darius Slay. Yeah, um, as you talked about there, um, I have them going with Tyron Matthew. Um, I think Slay goes um, a couple picks later um, for me. I don't think six is um, too high, though. Um, in real life, um, uh, we can go through and give the real life or guys right now. Um, one, Eric Fisher went... Um, Two, Luke Jockel went. Um, three, Deion Jordan. Four, Lane Johnson. Five, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ziggyansa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and six, Barky Biasminga. Yeah, so we will move right along here to seven, uh, where the Cardinals are on the clock. Yeah, so this draft really, now that I think about it, is not that terrible. It's just that we look at the top. 
12 picks we're going to go with, and they're just all bad, except for Lane Johnson, and I guess you could argue for Eric Fisher and Ziggy Ansah. Uh, with this pick, the Cardinals selected Jonathan Cooper, who really never turned into much in the NFL. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals still go lineman here, where they select Travis Frederick from Wisconsin. Yeah, I have the Cardinals sticking with offensive line here as they go with Lane Johnson. Until a few years ago, or two years ago, when Travis Frederick got diagnosed with something that is not coming to mind, he was, once again, probably one of the better players on that stacked, stacked Cowboys O-line uh, with guys such as Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. Uh, once again, a very good player. I would be happy if I were the Cardinals GM to get him over Jonathan Cooper. Yeah. Um, I think we will move right along here to eight, where the Rams, um, in real life, went with Tavon Austin, wide receiver, out of West Virginia. Um, I have them going with a different wide receiver here in Keenan Allen. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I had Keenan Allen going here as well. Obviously, Tavon Austin never amounted too much in the NFL. He was fun to watch, but never really, and he was fun to watch at West Virginia with, um, Geno Smith as the quarterback, and then also Stedman Bailey. Uh, does not none of them really turned into much in the NFL. Uh, he's a good player, Keenan, a, a great player, maybe you would say. Uh, he has been consistent more than like he is the star power. Like I, I think mm-hmm. consistency is something that a lot of this draft classes are lacking. Right, guys. Even if they had a great five years, they kind of fell off since. So, uh, or that they didn't really come on until later. But I think Keenan Allen is one of those rare players. Yeah. Um, all right, we will move right along here to nine to the Jets, where I have the Jets taking a guy you had going at seven, I believe, in Travis Frederick. Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, Travis Frederick uh, was not, uh, you could argue that he was not necessarily the need for the Jets, but maybe he was. I think Jets were looking towards defense, it, at least it seems, considering with their picks at 9 and 13, they both went for defensive players. At this pick, the Jets selected D. Milliner, who you could argue has been the biggest one of the uh, of this draft class. There's a lot of them, but I think they. I think he's one of the bigger ones. I, I think Jets go corner again. And I think this cornerback class is pretty solid with... Um, with Darius Slay and Xavier Rhodes and A.J. Boye and Desmond Trufant. Uh, I decided to go with Rhodes. Uh, this is probably the second-best cornerback class we've seen yet, behind 11, most likely. Yeah. Uh, I think Xavier Rhodes really pair, pairing with um, Antonio Cromartie in that secondary really built an awesome one for the future. Yeah. All right, we will move right along here to 10, to the Titans, where I have them taking um, a guy you had earlier in Darius Slay. Yeah, uh, the Titans selected Chance Wormack, another player who did nothing in the league. Uh, not as bad as others, but not good either. I have the Titans going offensive lineman here with Kyle Long. Now, Kyle Long, once again, has been, or was, pretty good for a while. Um... He's he was solid on the on Ed, on the O line. I think he is one of the more uh, or he was one of the better guards in this decade. Uh, 
in terms of consistency at least. Uh, we'll move on to the 11th pick where in real life the Chargers selected DJ Fluker once again. Not much. Uh, we, I, er, the Chargers selected DJ Fluker and I think they select Tyron Matthew in this redraft. Yeah, um, I would say I had Matthew going earlier. Um, here I have the Chargers going with Ziggy. Um, Ziggy Ansa. Yeah, D and um, out of BYU. Um, I think uh, Matthew is a good pick here for the Chargers. Obviously, um, yeah, that, that's a solid pick. Um, we can move um, along here to 12, to the Raiders, where I have the Raiders. i just uh, like to point it out. Yeah. Tyron Matthew was a monster. Now he's a safety, keep in mind when I say this. He came fifth in an, uh, in, in Heisman voting. Uh, it was in 2011, so that was because he got hurt in 2012, I am pretty sure, or maybe he was dismissed from LSU. He was dismissed from LSU. Uh, he finished fifth in Heisman voting behind Monty Ball, Trent Richardson, RG3, and Andrew Luck. That's um, a yeah. great company, right. at least in college terms. So uh, anyway, after that rambling, we will move on to the 12th pick, where I have the Raiders selecting A.J. Boye. Yeah. Um... Boye goes um, a little bit later for me. Um, I have the Raiders here going with a different quarterback and Xavier Rhodes. Right, I think that makes sense. I just did not have him on the board. They did take a cornerback in real life in DJ Hayden. Nothing once again. Um, he really... Uh, Rhodes and Boye have kind of had different situations. As Boye, once again, didn't really come on until later where he kind of emerged on the Jags insane defense in 2017 and now he got traded uh, to the Broncos. I think Boye would be solid on the Raiders. Maybe not because the Raiders organization kind of messes up people, right. but uh, otherwise I think he would be pretty solid. Yeah. All right, we will move right along here to 13, where the Jets are once again on the clock, and I have them going with a guy you had going 10, I believe, in Kyle Long. Yeah, I have the Jets selecting Zach Ertz, who kind of fell a lot on my board just because I was not. I knew the Eagles could take a tight end just because they kind of got their tight end for the future in this draft. I was not sure about other teams. Uh, I think the actual pick was Sheldon Richardson, who, along with Eddie Lacy, won the Offensive of and Defensive Player of the Year Award, or Defensive Rookie and Offensive Rookie Year Awards. Uh, Sheldon Richardson probably is going first in a redraft if you're doing it a season after, but then he kind of fell off, at least slightly. Uh, I actually do have him going at 14, That's, so we'll just move on to 14. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, like I said, with a bunch of players who I've gotten redrafted to the Panthers, he could become um, a very solid player in those very good Panthers defenses. Yeah, um, again, you stick with um, the defensive lineman to defensive lineman there. Um, I have the Panthers going with um, a guy who plays a position that you won't see a ton in redrafts at fullback, and that is Kyle Juszczyk. I think uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think... Well, Kyle Juszczyk is an elite fullback and arguably one of the better ones we've ever seen. I mean, in the modern era, since 
fullbacks have important right where um fullbacks have not become as important and tailbacks or halfbacks or whatever you want to call them running backs have become more important um i think he's made um a bunch of pro bowls um here um um i think he's he's been very solid um He's had a very successful career. Um, I think it might be a little bit high in terms of the value. Um, I um, we double checked here. How many Pro Bowls? Four time Pro Bowler. Uh, once with the Ravens, and then the last three with the Niners. Uh, I I kind of thought he was better with the Ravens, and I guess he actually was. But but I guess people don't pay attention. Plus, there were other. This is to be honest, even though fullbacks are not important, this has been a pretty good era for fullbacks, like a lot of talented ones. Especially now that at times they're being more used in like the passing offense, yes. obviously for blocking than usual. Right. So I think this is an interesting fullback era and I don't think it's so insane to have him going at fourteen. Yeah. We will move on to the fifteenth pick where I have the Saints who selected uh oh I didn't say the Panthers selected Star Lutalele. Saints selected Kenny Vaccaro, two players who really were not terrible, but I think they're getting upgrades here. I have the Saints selecting Kawan Shore. Um, yeah, he's um, a guy that goes um, later, somewhat significantly later for me. I have the Saints here going with Adam Thielen. Yeah, I think that is potentially a snag in the sense that if we're talking about overall talent, and I think I, I would rank Thielen over Keenan Allen at peak. Right. Currently, at least. But Thielen really has only had three years of his career because he didn't really come on strong until, I would say, 2017. Um, I think that's arguable. But I think maybe if you put him into the right offense, which I think the Saints offense could very well be the right offense with receivers or with other good receivers like Marquise Colston, then maybe he could have emerged into a star sooner. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Um, like we said, um, he's a guy that um that didn't come on till till rather recently. Um, a two time Pro Bowler. Um, although in two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. So as you can see, not um, not exact. Didn't exactly come on strong. Um, to to the league. Um, but I think you know if you look at. Um, the stats over the years. Um, he didn't play in 2013. So in 2014, he had one touchdown. 2015, zero. Um, 2016, we saw five touchdowns out of him. Then we saw four um, touchdowns, then nine and six. So as you can see, um, the numbers have um, go, gone up as time has progressed and really shot up um, in recent years. And, and, then, yeah, and then he was banged up. Last year, but when he was on the field, he was very good. Yeah. All right. Um, enough rambling about Adam Thielen. We will move on to 16 to the Bills, where I have them selecting Jamie Collins. Yeah. Uh, I think that makes sense. I have him going a bit later. I have him going Eric Fisher. Now, he was um, – or the pick in real life was EJ Manuel. Obviously, that did not work out well for him or the Bills. He is – Pretty bad. I think you could maybe even make the argument that he is the best quarterback in this horrific class. Maybe not, but but it's close between like him and Geno Smith and probably some other terrible players. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think 
I think Eric Fisher, although he has not really lived up to his number one hype, even though there wasn't really hype for anyone coming into this draft class, considering he went to Central Michigan, right? I, I think he has still been a Pro Bowl level player, so he can still go in this mm-hmm. draft. Yeah. All right, so um, we'll move right along to 17 to the Steelers, where I have them taking the second of back-to-back linebackers, um, a guy that we saw um, and still see on the Giants and Alec Ogletree. Ah, yeah. Uh, I have him going later, a lot later, but uh, I think the 17th pick, the Steelers select Desmond Trufant. Now, until recent years, he was one of the star corners, I think, at least in the league. He was a great player. He has kind of fell off. Now, Now I think the Falcons, or Devin Trufant's problem is he was never really being showcased, as the Falcons' defense was always, at best, subpar, mm-hmm. and he is better than a subpar player. And the Steelers' defense, although not great at all times, has been better in recent years and, and some other years. So we will move on to the 18th pick where I think the Niners, who, oh, I forgot. I keep forgetting. Uh, the Steelers selected Jarvis Jones. With the 18th pick, the Niners selected Eric Reed. I think they do that once again. Um, yeah, I have the Niners going with A.J. Boye here, um, a guy I believe you had going earlier, 12 to the Raiders. Um, so he stays out west. Um for both of us, um, AJ Boye um, is probably the third, um, the third best um, defensive back in this class. Uh, a solid secondary class um, overall. Trufant, um, I have going um, significantly later um, in my redraft, but um, now we will move on to nineteen to the Giants, um, where in real life they took Justin Pugh, which all in all wasn't. An awful pick. Yeah, I have him going a few, not a few picks later, but but at the end of this redraft, I don't know if you do, but yeah, he was um, a, a cut for me. Um, yeah, I think I think the big problem with Pew was probably just how bad the offensive line as a whole was. So yeah, it doesn't really matter how much credit you want to give him. It, it doesn't change the fact that their offensive lines were atrocious. He was not a game changing or or line-changing, uh, line-changing player. And I, I guess that's kind of hard to basically forcefully make the offensive line good when you're only one human, but he tries his best. Uh, I have the Giants going line here. I, I would argue that he is better than Pew. I personally think he is. I am might be completely mistaken, but I, I think he ran a ridiculous, like, uh, 40 time, at least for an offensive lineman, in Taron Armstead. Um, yeah, I don't think I have him going in my first round. Um, I have the Giants going with Eddie Lacy. Yeah, uh, just to warn you guys, as I said, he ran a 4-7-1, which is... That's solid for an offensive lineman. Pretty good. <laughs> um, anyway, with Eddie Lacy, the thought here was with no, um, with no... Uh, Tiki Barber. Um, I get that they talked David Wilson in the previous draft, but it, using hindsight, um, 
So it might not necessarily have been a need, but if we look down the road um, and we look at how David's Wilson, David Wilson's um, career played out as we are using hindsight when creating these redrafts, we know that that didn't exactly turn out terrific for the Giants. So I think it's fair for them to go with a running back in back-to-back um, drafts, um, assuming that we're keeping the previous redraft or previous drafts the same um, in Eddie Lacy here. At Eddie. Um, Eddie Lacy, once again, showed tons of promise his first year, maybe first few years, and then he could not stop eating. Uh, and, I, and I'm not insulting him. This is a true story. Or maybe it is insulting him, but it is, it is true. And I think maybe if you... Maybe if you just move him to New York, then maybe things don't go as poorly. So in that sense, maybe this pick actually ends up working out. I mean, we saw from 2012 or 20, maybe even like 20, 2007, 8, whatever, whenever Tiki retired uh, to 2017, the running back game was not exactly smooth. Yeah. Maybe you could argue after the Super Bowl with like Ahmad Bradshaw. And um, I think it really started with them selecting David Wilson, and then after that, it was kind of just all downhill with, with guys like uh, Andre Brown and Rashad Jennings and Paul Perkins and Orleans Darkblood, some, yeah. and then Saquon, which is great compared to his company, but yeah, anyway, we will move on to the 20th pick where I'd be bear selecting Micah Hyde. Um, yeah, I have Hyde going six picks later. Um, here I have the Bears going with Cordell Patterson. Now, as I explained to Dill previously, I think the thing you have to remember with Cordell is he's a guy who is an eh, um, receiver, um, but has been an elite, um, special teams player throughout his career, and I think that that's really where he makes his mark. Um, I even have him listed as a wide receiver slash special teams when I was doing this redraft, so that just goes to show you how... Great, he's been um, on the special teams end, and every single Pro Bowl that he's made has been for a special teams position. Um, so I think I think that it works um, out for the Bears because they get um, a very solid special teams piece, and again, an eh receiver in uh, Cordell Patterson. Um, just to kind of prove that Cordell Patterson was all that, at least in terms of special teams, as we probably go to what was his second game against the Bears, who um, ironically is who you have him being drafted to. And, and right. he takes back an 105-yard kickoff um, to the house, his first career touchdown. It basically just shows that he was really, um, really made an impact instantly for, yeah. um, for the lineman. Now, he's kind of bounced around since being on the Vikings for like four years. He was on the Patriots and... He was now on the Bears, who I think he, I remember he had one against the Saints last year. Uh, uh, solid pick in terms of special teams, but I feel like if you still have at least good receivers on the board, then maybe you still go with the receivers, but, but maybe not. Um, anyway, I'm, um, we'll move on to the 21st pick, where I have the Bengals selecting the guy you had going at 14 in Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, um, as we talked about there, um, in terms of career, he probably maybe goes top 10, a a four-time pro bowler, but in terms of the value of a fullback, I think we both have him at at decent spots. Um, Here at 21, I have the Bengals selecting Sheldon Richardson. 
Yeah, I had him going earlier at 14. I think Richardson, once again, if we take the years where he was very successful and just think about those years, then he can go somewhere like 14, but then we, we think about other years into, or we put other years into play, maybe not as much, but I think either way, it works. Yeah. All right, we will move right along here to the Falcons at 22. Yeah, um, with the, the 22nd pick, I have the Falcons having a guy you had going earlier, and not 100% sure when, I think 16, but, but that might be wrong, in Jamie Collins. Yeah, 16, you got it, exactly. Um, I have the Falcons here going with Larry Warford. Yeah, that makes sense. I do not have, uh, maybe I do. Yes, I have him going later. Um, I don't remember ever writing him down, but, but I guess yeah. I did. Yeah, um, he, a three-time Pro Bowler, um, I think um, he's had a decent career at the guard position. Um, I think um, we have been forgetting to go back and go through um, the picks. Do you want yeah. to do it or do you want uh-huh. me to I'll do it. So we stopped at um, 19, or we stopped at 20, where the Bears selected Kyle Long, who we both had going earlier. Bengals selected Tyler Eifert, and the Falcons selected Desmond Trufant. Yeah. yeah, and we will move on to 23 here to the Vikings, um, where in real life they took Sharif Floyd. Um, in this redraft, I have them going with Eric Fisher, a guy who went one and Dill had going um, earlier. Yeah, uh, I have the Vikings going with Robert Woods. Uh, the Vikings have two more picks after this at... 25 and 29. Uh, Robert Woods, the main reason I had him over Adam Thielen is just because he has been, not I'm not going to say on the level of Adam Thielen in these last three years, but but relatively close maybe yeah. with the Rams. And then before that, he was he was better. So Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we will move right along here to 24 to the Colts, where um, I have them taking a guy who went – um, just a few picks earlier, and Tyler Eifert. Okay, yeah, I do not have Eifert going. I thought two tight ends was too much for the first round. I, I was not. Yeah. I have two. Uh, right, yeah. And Ertz and Kelsey. Uh, I, I was done with tight ends, so I was not having another one being selected. Uh, with the 24th pick, I have a guy you had being selected. I'm not sure a lot earlier, but, but relatively early. In Ziggy Ansa. Now, Ziggy Ansa, once again, at peak, was pretty good, but he's not uh, remained particularly consistent. He's still been a solid player, but not as good, maybe, as you've seen at times. Uh, we'll move on to the 25th pick, where I'd be Vikings selecting a consistent giant for at least, like, three years, maybe more, maybe slightly less, I'm not 100% sure, in Jonathan Hankins. Yeah, um, he was on the Giants for a little while. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't. I think it was. I think it was about three years. Might have been four. He either ditched in 2016 off season or 2017. Oh, I'm looking. Uh, yeah, he was on the Giants from the 2013 season to the 2016 season. So yeah, he was on the Giants for four years. Right. Um, yeah. So um, that was your. Um, that was your 25th pick to the Vikings. My 25th pick to the Vikings is Eric Reed. Okay, Eric Reed. Yeah, I had him going at 18. I think that makes sense. Uh, I keep forgetting. So the Colts selected Bjorn, Werner, definitely wrong. And the Vikings selected Xavier Rhodes. 
uh, both solid picks. I probably not, probably not Bajoran, but Xavier Rhodes was a good pick. Uh, we'll move on to the twenty-sixth pick, where the Packers selected Detone Jones in real life. He just these names are legendary. <laughs> I have the Packers selecting Justin Pugh. Yeah, I have the Packers here going Micah Hyde. Um, I. Think you had him going earlier? Yeah, I had him going twentieth to the Bears. Yeah, um, so good value for you there. Um, I think um, Xavier Rhodes was a solid pick for the Vikings um, at twenty-five, as you just mentioned. I had them going with another secondary member in Eric Reed. Previously, um, they got the pick right with um, Rhodes. Obviously, he had a bit of drama as he got released um, this offseason. It was a combination of not exactly getting along with the team and poor play. Not exactly. What What was it? I don't know. I don't know exactly, but it was not. It wasn't exactly poor play. It was more drama with the team. Right. But, but yeah, um, we'll move on to the 27th pick, right? Yeah, 27. Uh, where the Texans selected DeAndre Hopkins, which was obviously a monumental one. Uh, weird fallout, but still, they get at least who ended up turning into a good receiver. Now, maybe if you pair him with at least a relatively decent quarterback earlier on, maybe he turns into a good one. Well, we know the Texans, they won't do that. Matt Schaub, TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Case Keenum. I, I, to name I, a few. <laughs> yeah, just to name a few. Uh, in Adam Thielen, who went to Minnesota State. Mankato. That's what the that's what it said. I don't know what that is. Um. Yeah. That's uh. Got to be a small school. I've that sounds fake. Legitimately yeah. never heard of that. Um. I this have ju- this thing says Minnesota State, so maybe their nickname was Man. Wait, this one says Minnesota State Mavericks. I swear, what I was looking at earlier said Minnesota State Mankato. Yeah. Not sure. Um. I have the Texans here going with Kwan Short. Um. He- um, oh, it's in Mankata. So like how it's Miami. Oh yeah. How it's like Miami, Florida, yeah. Minnesota State, Mankata. Okay, that makes sense. I was so confused. Maybe there's like another Minnesota State. I don't really know. Maybe. Anyway, geography uh, clearly. <laughs> uh, so we're moving on to twenty eighth pick or yeah, twenty eighth pick. Where I have the Broncos going with um, Robert Woods. Um, potentially another addition to what was already a solid receiving core around Peyton Man. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos really, arguably, I, I would say so, had the best receiving core in the NFL in the Peyton Manning era in Wes Walker and Demarius Thomas, and then they eventually got Emmanuel Sanders, plus they had Julius Thomas at tight end. It, it was stacked. In real life, the Broncos selected Sylvester Williams. I have them going with D-tackle again and Brandon Williams. Um, yeah, Brandon Williams was a cut for me. We will move right along here to 29. To the Vikings, where I had, um, this guy was in consideration as high as 19 for me, but he fell all the way to 29 just because I could not pair him well with a team in Latavius Murray. Yeah, I think Latavius Murray is the best running back in this draft class. Now, I am also against Fat Eddie. I'm I'm not because he eats a lot. I'm done. I'm done. We're done with we're done talking about Eddie. Uh, anyway, I think Latavius Murray is the best running back in this draft class. Um, and I think he's 
shown consistency. More probably as a backup running back, but he has some, some starting job, and he has not particularly disappointed. Yeah. All right, we will move right along here to 30 to the Rams, where I've been going with Logan Ryan. Um, this was um, a guy that I was about to come on and talk about um, a couple of days ago, um, and we will explain that later. Um, I know Dill has no idea what we're talking about there, but I will explain that all later, and we will dive into that because this is because this is taking uh, a little shorter than expected. So we will have time, extra time at the end to talk about what I wanted to talk about, which is great. Um, anyway, enough about me previewing. Dill, who do you have going? Um, thirty. Anyway, we move on. Or yeah. 30 are the Rams who selected Alec Ogletree. Once again, selecting Alec Ogletree, um, he was pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I, 31st pick, I had the Cowboys selecting Logan Ryan. Yeah, um, obviously a guy I had going one pick earlier. Um, Cowboys, for me, select Jordan Reed here. Um, do you want to rally off the guys that went, or do you want me to? Yeah, Eagles selected Travis Frederick. That was that's all. And then with the thirty-second pick, the Ravens selected Matt Elam. They still go safety here. Um, and Tony Jefferson. Um, yeah, the Ravens for me go with uh, Desmond Trufant, um, a guy I believe you had going earlier um, at seventeen to the Steelers. Um, so that will wrap things up here in terms of our redraft. Yeah, we will do um, our what-if scenarios before we talk about um, something later. So we will take about 10 minutes here to talk about some what-if scenarios. Okay, what-if scenario. Uh, do, do the Giants, led by okay Eddie Lacy, <laughs> ever end up really focusing in on the run game if Eddie Lacy turns good and, and there's no focus on their passing game, so it's kind of just turns into like a run offense. Do you think that ends up happening? Mm, I think potentially. Um, obviously, it all depends um, as to whether he has personal issues or not. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Um, I think um, it's potential. I think it definitely helps the running game. And as we already mentioned, that running game was so atrocious from, I think, 2011 on because I think 2011 was fine with the mod. Bradshaw Brandon and Brandon yeah. Jacobs for a little while, but I think I think after that it really fell off. David Wilson, um, other guys, Rashad Jennings, Orleans Darkwa, Perkins, Wayne Goldman in there oh, for a little God. bit, um, and then Saquon became the savior of the run game just a few years. Um, hopefully, uh, well, yeah, hopefully he might have just shown one year of promise, but that's a whole another discussion for a whole another day. I think that um, I think it probably depends. Um, I could see them leaning on the run a little bit more than they did, as again they just had atrocious running backs from two thousand eleven on. And and linemen, and right. hopefully this Taron Armstead pick, and I maybe that ends up helping them, or or maybe not because Giants offense of linemen um, can't get. Eddie Thurnery, uh, just a shout-out to Bleacher Report. Now, not in a, necessarily in a good way, and, and I don't know if we're going to get copyright issues for referring to Bleacher Report and, <laughs> and offending them. So, in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, they did this. Yes. I was just reading because I was going to confirm, in my opinion, if I'm not missing anyone, that David Bakatari, that's his name now, um, is the best left tackle in the football, and I've accidentally stumbled upon uh, something that was like 20 for 20, and or something 
cringe was, like that. I remember the headline. It was um, it was it was twenty 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 was the headline, okay. and it was predicting the te- twenty best um, offensive linemen for twenty twenty. Dylan texted it to me, so I will just explain it. So the reason we are laughing at this is because the. Um, there were two honorable mentions that stuck out, and I stopped reading after the two honorable mentions, and Greg Robinson and Eric Flowers, two of the more atrocious tackles and offensive linemen that we've seen in a while. Or maybe Eric Flowers might. Greg Robinson is a bigger boss just because Greg Greg Robinson went two in a lineman class with Taylor Luan and um, Jake Matthews. And, and but Eric Flowers only went ten. But Eric Flowers may be the worst football player I've ever seen. <laughs> and and. For NFL players. Now, I'm not saying I could make the NFL as an offensive lineman. I am not suggesting that. Um, but, but Eric Flowers clearly couldn't either. <laughs> so, anyway, we will talk about what if scenarios. Um, now, now, does Travis Kelsey really ever develop into a good player without Andy Reid? Um, again, I think we I personally brought this up a bunch of times. Um, when we are discussing whether guys become a superstar in a different system. And I'm going to give the answer I always give. I think that the talent's there, the drive's there, there weren't a ton of, there aren't personal issues with Travis Kelsey, so I think it's safe to say that he has a successful career. Again, does he have the type of career that we saw him have in Kansas City? Maybe not, because, again, Andy Reid was such a big part of that. Um, But I think, overall, he still has a successful career. Maybe not. Maybe he's not in the conversation of best tight ends in the league, but he probably makes um, two or three Pro Bowls here or there and has a solid career. But I think... Uh, he turns into a good player, and, and I'm not 100% sure if it's solely because of Andy Reid, because Chip Kelly, at least at least as we thought, and this would have been Chip Kelly's first year, was a very good offensive coach um, at Oregon, developing a bunch of guys into college stars, not necessarily translating to NFL success, but, but whatever. Um, we did it's ironically I have him going to the Eagles, you have him going to the Dolphins, so this doesn't really work right. out for you. But but Andy Reid did leave that off season that in this scenario the Eagles end up drafting Chip uh not Chip Kelly, Travis Kelsey. Um I I think that wraps up our what if scenarios. If anything really stands out that you would like to discuss, then nope. then we can, or we can we'll move on to this next topic. That it took me like ten minutes to remember what you were talking about, but now I do. Okay, let's get into it. So I never talked about this on pods because well, one thing we were running short on times on the ones that I did want to talk about it on, and two I didn't want to dive into it until we fully had all the details and that would be the deandre baker drama now let me explain so um deandre breaker friday night i want to say maybe it was thursday night um was reportedly at a party and i don't know there he was charged with like four counts of aggravated assault um with a firearm meeting like he just like pointed guns at people and then um he was also charged with four counts of um, armed robbery, so as well um, as Quentin Dunbar of the Seattle Seahawks and one still unnamed um, other person, um, and be- they were basically um, at a party and robbed $25,000 in cash, $18,000, an $18,000 Rolex watch, and another $25,000 
watch that the name is escaping me right now. So somewhat ridiculous um, if you're getting paid millions of dollars as both Baker and Dunbar are to go in and just steal $25,000 in cash. I mean, wouldn't you just buy your own watches? I'm not sure. Then again, I don't have a million dollars. I don't know what that's like. I don't know if you still have the greed to go steal. Not sure. But I mean, he's just, just a bad dude. But I mean, well, it also it comes back to he had lots of character issues coming out of college. And I think we kind of put them aside because it didn't seem to be a big deal. But now they've really come out. And I think Dave Gettleman has at least from what I've seen, taking a lot of heat for this, because it's like, well, you ignored his character issues coming out of college, now he does this. On your team, though, and, and that's really the problem, or that's that's what I don't like about NFL GMs, uh, and it's that, well, okay, somebody could do something absolutely shady, or just just be not not a good teammate, or not somebody you'd want on your team, but if he doesn't do it on your team, then we're not exactly giving up on him. Now, I think there are some examples where character issues have really turned people the other way. Like, But but I think in general, maybe it's it's good to give people a second chance. Now, now maybe DeAndre Baker didn't deserve one. Well, all right. So um, the reports um, officially came out, and the charges were officially dropped on DeAndre Baker. He was released on a $200,000 um bail um and but everything was dropped on baker and dunbar um it is still to be determined whether or not the nfl will do an investigation i would assume that they would look into it they might not do a full-fledged investigation um especially i think because it involves two of their players um both were proven innocent um and Anyway, the reason I was considering talking about Logan Ryan and I made that weird statement was because I was personally convinced that um, that they were going to have to release Baker uh, just because usually when you're charged with eight counts um, of felony, then usually you're going to something's going to happen. Um, he got not um, got away, but he was proven innocent, so that's that. So they probably won't need to release him, but Logan Ryan was definitely a possible option as he is still in the free agent market. I, I think that's a, a good scenario for the Giants in, in some sense. Now, now maybe because he's your first-round pick, you're not giving up on him in terms of play yet and in terms of character issues maybe but but maybe I, I think Logan Ryan would actually be a good fit on this Giants defense that has just about nothing in the secondary except for Jabril Peppers um but, but potentially anyway, uh, potentially Bradbury but right 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 obviously yeah uh is that wrap it up for yeah, us? Yes, that will uh, wrap up this episode here. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back on Dylan's podcast, the DW podcast, to do a 2013 NBA draft. An eh draft overall. Decent at the top. And then, again, like the majority of these classes really falls off yeah, quick. Yeah, I mean, we haven't – none of the NBA draft classes – we were talking about this the other day. None of them are good, and it's hard to see, like – like, in theory, there's not – that many good players in the NBA, like probably 30 that should be top five talent in the draft, maybe like 50 if you're going to be uh, generous. But 
I think that is interesting. So, like, I wouldn't expect there to be that much players. Like, I think if you want it to be a good draft class, there should be, like, maybe top ten if you get lucky, at least, like, top seven all-star level or all-stars in your draft class. And that has not exactly happened yet. It happened in the 2011 class, and, and it got pretty close in 2012, but, but otherwise not ideal um, draft classes. Yeah. All right. So that will wrap things up. Um, we will do the 2014 NFL um, on this podcast on Friday. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, please continue to tune in to these redrafts, both on the G-Man Journal and the DW Podcast. But that will wrap things up. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.